I'd like to begin with verse 20. He said, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to key on here this verse 22. You'll notice he used the phrase the former conversation. Conversation is a, a lifestyle, a style of living, a way of living. And he talked about the former so he was talking to people that now had a new lifestyle. And he's telling them to, you want to be sure to put off that way you used to do things. As it is also written that you put on Christ. You begin to put on the new. All right? Okay, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. The uh, word conversation is rather... It's, it's used quite a few times in the Bible. For an example, the psalmist said in Psalms 37 and 14, The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. There is an upright lifestyle. When you are told Everybody is told in the scriptures, and the scriptures are for everybody. And God is no respecter of persons. That's a nice thing. But he, what he has for one, he has for all. And he said we must be born again of water and of the spirit. We've got to get a spiritual experience here. We've got to have that which is going to change our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, uh, our lifestyle. We've got to. We've got to get a change here for the good. We've got to get out of the natural and get into the spiritual. We've, the flesh, you know, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And uh, heaven is not going, nobody flesh is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And heaven not going to happen. But we've got to get this spiritual experience so that we can have these spiritual things that God has got planned. So everybody's got to start feeling after and looking for this spiritual way of living. Um, you might want to consider it styling in Jesus. You know, Jesus has style. He has a lifestyle. He has a conversation. He has a way that he wants us to live. Now, Psalm 50 and verse 23, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So as we begin to repent, as we begin to line up, as we begin to do things according to chapter and verse in the way that God would have us to do it, then he's telling you, I'm going to show you my salvation. Uh, you know, the world has so watered down the salvation message that they give. And they don't have what the Lord gives. They don't have what he has. They just have their own way of doing things and their own way of 
shall we say, preaching it or presenting it. And, uh, but, but what they do and what the Word of God says is two very different things. And I'll grant you that they'll take a little chapter and verse here and a little chapter and verse there, and they'll throw it into the big cauldron uh, and mix it all up, and, you know, every once in a while uh, there'll be a little something there that sounds pretty good. Well, if it's the Word of God, it is good. Then it's just like a farmer or a guy that's not a farmer. You can give them both the good certified seed, and they're both going to bring up something, you know, and the seed is going to do its job. Uh, but there are some people that bring up a real good harvest, and, and it's, and it's uh, a good, uh, it falls in a good soil, and it's a good seed, and it brings up a good yield or a good harvest. And there's some folks that are just throwing things around here and there, scatter barrel, and, you know, a little something will come up here that's kind of looking okay, and little something over there that seems to be all right. But in the eyes of the Lord, there's a big difference between what's really happening here, and God is certainly going to be the judge, and he has his leadership in the church that are also to exercise a judgment. And we are in trouble if we're supposed to be of good judgment, and God wants us to exercise good judgment, and we're neglecting to do that. Uh, we're not to close our eyes to things. You know, we've got a world that wants to tell you, oh, you're being judgmental, you know. Well, you better believe I'm being judgmental. I'm going to be very careful about certain things as to whether or not I ought to get involved with that or not. And whether or not you, as being the, the, the sheep of the flock and those that I pray are coming to that, that you have to understand that we're looking out by God for your best interest here. Everybody said amen. So there's the salvation of God, and I want the Lord to show it to you. You don't want to uh, get caught up with the, uh, an attitude that, you know, uh, I'll have this, and it'll always be there, and, you know, it's not that way. You've got to be careful here, <clears throat> because you, you can get, your eyes can get glossed over, and your mind can get dark, and you can miss the light of God's salvation. And you can become blind to it. And the devil, that's what he does. He blinds the mind. And he just gives you a blind spot. I had a friend in high school one time, and he was a pretty smart kid. He's probably a doctor now. That's what he wanted to be. And, um, but he, one day, and I was a little dull that day, unfortunately. I guess I'm dull a lot of days, but I was certainly dull that day. And um, the argument, some little argument arose out of the blind spot. And he argued that there is no such thing as a blind spot. So he said, you go stand behind the, the car. And so I stood, and he fixed the mirror, and he said, I see you. So I moved, so he fixed the mirror. I see you. So I moved another place. He fixed the mirror. He said, I see you. Well, who drives along constantly moving their mirror? <laughs> you know? How silly, right? And for some reason, I just didn't have, wasn't awake to things that day. But uh, I'm saying that people can be pretty shifty, can't they? And people can keep dodging and ducking and moving and changing position, and they think that the Lord doesn't see, but the Lord does see. And the Lord is looking for people who are going to offer a praise that glorifies Him. He's looking for people that uh, are going to order their conversation in such a manner, their lifestyle, and it will be upright or aright. It's going to be according to chapter and verse. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways, it's by taking heed unto the word of God. You begin to get yourself, and that's male or female, 
you get yourself in line with the chapter and verse. You submit your, you have to crush your feelings. You've got to put your flesh under subjection. And you've got to tell yourself, beginning steps, I'm going to repent. I'm going to tell myself, look, I'm going to put this nature under subjection. I'm going to crucify it. I'm going to die to the flesh. Paul said, I die daily. And he had been baptized in Jesus' name and was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and was called to do the work of the Lord. And yet he said, I die daily. We have a relentless enemy here. We have an enemy that is continually trying to trip us up and hinder us and get us to go in wrong directions and live the wrong way. We've got to have an upright conversation. We've got to tell our God, I need your help here because I want to see the salvation of God. I want to experience the salvation of God. I want your salvation to be my life. I don't want this to be hit or miss. I don't want to play with this, you know. There's an argument about whether or not at the foot of the cross the soldiers were gambling or not. Well, the one thing they were doing for sure is somebody was trying to get a piece of Jesus. And a piece of Jesus isn't going to do. You've got to get him the whole thing. Hook, line, and sinker here. You've got to get the whole thing. You can't just get a little bit, you know. Uh, what did one guy years ago, he came up with a song and it disgusted us. He said, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Boy, the world and the devil through the world and any form of media that you want. Man, Jesus got her own thing going. What do you mean you and Jesus got your own thing going? You got to line up with the book. You got to line up with chapter and verse, friend. It What's for one is for the other in one sense of the word, subject matter. There's no difference for different countries or different races or different uh, languages or different peoples. There's no difference. He's no respecter of persons. Okay? But we've got to get in line. We've got to get things ordered correctly. No, I want to order everybody around. Well, first you better learn how to order yourself. You better learn to take some order, you know. You gotta, you've got to learn. Jesus told them, sit down, companies of fifties and hundreds, and then he began to feed them. He began to feed them. And, you know, I know some folks that they like fish, but they like it light on the seasoning. Well, can you just imagine uh, four and 5,000 besides the women, the, men, the women and the children making up ten and 12,000, and they're all sending up their orders, make mine light on seasoning. You don't get too heavy on that preaching now. I don't think so. Uh, no, you, you, you don't want to be ordering up. This isn't a short order cook service, you know. This isn't some fast food joint. This isn't going to be where you're going to uh, put a bunch of stuff in your system that's going to eventually destroy you. This is for ba- it's a balanced diet. We're big on balance. We're big on that s- chapter and verse, that subject matter that's going to keep you from going way left or way right. You want to get in the Word of God. You want to get with chapter and verse, and you want to submit yourself. You want to submit yourself to the great Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12. Uh, The apostle said, for our rejoicing is this. He's going to tell you why he's happy. Some folks, you know, First of all, some folks are never happy. They always got a, a frown and lower lip on the ground. And they always have a complaint. And, and you just can't ever get them, you know, to have some kind of contentment. 
You ever read, godliness with contentment is great gain. But some folks aren't living in the gain column. They're, li- they're living on the, in the red. They're living on the negative side all the time. And Jesus wants to move you over by translation out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And along with that means you're going to get out of the, you're going to get out of the red, out of the negative, and you're going to get into the black, into the positive. Your books are going to balance right. And you're going to find yourself heading towards being the head and not the tail. You're going to find out that the Lord's going to make you the, the lender and not the borrower. He's going to do, he wants to flip your life, friend. He wants, he say, he prepared a table in the presence of my enemy. Boy, he'll turn the tables on your enemy. I mean, it'll look pretty bad for a little bit there, but all of a sudden God will just turn the tables and you'll find yourself in a position of strength. You'll find yourself because your feet are on the rock. You'll find yourself where you're bringing forth fruit in due season. And whatsoever you get involved with, it's going to prosper. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12. For our rejoicing is this. Let me point out what I'm rejoicing about. He said the testimony of our conscience. Isn't it nice when your conscience is testifying to you? That part of your mind that tells you right from wrong. You know, the Bible said when the Gentiles, given the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles, and he said when the Gentiles do by nature that which is contained in the word of God, he said they become a law unto themselves. And and they're either accusing or they're excusing. And so it's either that's okay or that's not okay. Their conscience is testifying. He said, my rejoicing is this. In other words, he said in one place, he said, my conscience and my Holy Ghost are in agreement. Boy, when you get baptized with a Holy Ghost, friend, and then you've got the power to do it right, to say it right, to live it right, to walk right, upright, then you've got a lifestyle that your conscience is at peace and your conscience says, this is good. This is good. It's a good thing. I'm happy. I'm happy in the Holy Ghost, friend, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom. That old fleshly wisdom will rise up, that old serpent, the devil, he fuels it, and and that rises up and starts rationalizing. Well, it's, it's all right. You've been pretty good the last 24 seconds. It's all right. Go ahead and do this or do that or do the other. And besides, you know, you've had a tough day. And it begins to, fleshly wisdom begins to come up with all kinds of smart little phrases and smart aleck words and stout words and haughtiness and, and start telling you that, that it's all right. That old devil, when he, when he just uh, worked through that subtle serpent and, uh, and, and God had given specific instructions and you know what you better learn God means what he says and because a bolt of lightning doesn't come out of heaven or the ground doesn't open up beneath your feet immediately what you think that somebody would say oh I'm okay I'm gonna straighten up I'm, I'm a very fortunate skin of my teeth got by on that one no what happens is that the, the sons of men get fully set in their heart to do evil because judgment doesn't hit just like that they get harder don't you know that's what happened to Pharaoh? Every time God gave him a spanking, he just turned around and did worse. And all the while thinking he's doing his thing, and God's, the Bible said God's just laughing. <laughs> He'll have him in confusion. 
the Almighty is just laughing and saying, you think you're so smart, Pharaoh, but what I'm doing is I'm just hardening your heart just a little bit more. You're standing because I need you to stand because I'm going to use you for a punching bag. I'm going to show everybody that I'm God. Okay, and that's what God did. And when he slapped him the tenth time, that's when death hit. The death angel came through the land. And, and uh, then old Pharaoh began to howl, didn't he? But you know what? He howled for just so long. And then he got all hard, mean, and nasty again. And then he came after the children of Israel because they'd gone to worship God. The devil doesn't want you to live for God. He doesn't want you to worship God. He doesn't want you to have a lifestyle that pleases God. He don't want you to be a Holy Ghost churchgoer. He doesn't want you to be a Holy Ghost young lady. He doesn't want you to be a Holy Ghost young man. He doesn't want you to be somebody that's upright. He doesn't want you to be somebody that is bringing the light. You know, somebody said, what do you bring to the table? I bring the light to the table. I bring it right in every place I go. And that's why you can expect some scowls. And you can expect people to say some pretty negative things just because they've got the wrong spirit. And that spirit does not like. And that's why the devil said to Eve, he said, Thou shalt surely not die. Hath God said? Questioning. Hath God said? Is that what he really meant? Come on, that looks like good stuff. The devil just brings that fleshly wisdom. It's earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. Hear me now. You want to get that wisdom that comes from above, you're going to get that through the book. That wisdom that comes from above. All right? So he said, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, our style of living. I'm telling you, you can style for Jesus. You want that Jesus style. He never goes out of style. What he said is forever settled in heaven. And you want the fashion. You want to be fashioned by the hand of the Almighty. You, his fashion never goes out, friend. I'm telling you, it's a staple. It's going to be there. It's going to be in season all the time. All the time. You're not going to have to fluctuate. You're not going to have to intermeddle with those that are given to change and every new little thing that comes along and you got to suddenly flip and change to something else. Not at all. You can stay with what is constant. You can stay with what never goes out of style. A fashion that is of God. So he said, conversation. We have, we have had, past tense, our conversation in the world. It's past tense because this is Romans to Revelation. This is teaching to the church. This is teaching to people that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And now you've got it, so now he's teaching you more about it. He's taking you out of 101 and moving you into 102 or 201, whatever you want to call it. Moving you up to the next level, trying to show you and give you a depth there and get you established and settled and grow up in Jesus Christ and bear some fruit here. So he says, now, we had our conversation in the world more abundantly to you word. We're not that way anymore. We've been a change now. Now we're bringing you a lifestyle that's built around Jesus. We're bringing you the Jesus style. We're bringing you the way the Lord would have this thing to be. Now let's take a look at Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. He said, For ye have heard, verse 13, 1 and 13, For ye have heard of my 
conversations. The Apostle Paul, for you have heard of my conversation in time past. In the Jews' religion, I used to have religion, he's saying. I used to have a denominational religion. I used to be trying to do this on my own. Man's thinking. We have heard of my conversation, my lifestyle in time past. You know, you, he was saying, man, I got to look in the mirror. And he said, boy, that suit is old and out of style. Man, them shoes, where'd you get them? 1920? Blow the dust off of them things, man. It's old, old, out of style. You know? How I look? Well, that's last year's model. We have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. He means I, I destroyed it. He said I went actively out to destroy it. That was my attitude. I was against. I was fighting. I was snarling. I was spitting. I was screaming. I was jumping up and down. I was hailing men and women to jail. I was telling others to stone them, bury them under a pile of rocks. He said, you, you know how I used to be. Well, you know what? That's how, that's how we should be able to say to people. You know how I used to be. My former way of living. My former way of speaking. My former way of acting. There's a lot of things that I did before I came into church. I was 20 years old when I came into church. When I first heard the truth preached, ever read the Bible, I'd put in 20 years of sin. Okay? But I want you to know, friend, the places that I used to go, I didn't go there anymore when I got baptized and got the Holy Ghost. I didn't want to go to those places anymore. I didn't want to intermingle with that crowd anymore. I didn't want to go into my mind all of the styles and the fashions and the attitudes of this world anymore. I didn't want them. I didn't want them to be programming me anymore. I didn't want them to be shaping my thinking in my life anymore. So the best thing you can do is you repent of all that stuff and you cut that stuff off. You don't have anything to do with that anymore. You cut it off. You pull the plug. Throw it in the canal. Don't go to those places. Don't sit there like a dummy and look at everything and then your mind is getting programmed here, you know. You better wake up. You can create not only your own problems, but you can create your children's problems, your grandchildren's problems. So you got to get a, something new going on here in the name of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to turn to the book of Ephesians. It's a little page over. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 3 said, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Hmm. Hmm. You know, those first 20 years, I could have been... I was. I was in wrong places. I was in bars. I was in clubs. I was in movie houses. And there'd be people sitting next to me, and they'd, look, they'd be expecting me to be sitting there. They'd meet me online. You know, I was expected. But, you know, now, if I was in one of those places, man, there'd be people like, you know. I remember I, I, uh, most people used to be in a suit. You know, I had a, a woman that came here 
for, for a while, probably about, I don't know, maybe three, four, five years, and uh, she moved away. She came back one day, and I guess we were having a work day, and uh, I came in the door, and she was in the lobby. I didn't even know she was here. I came in the, in the door, and I had a pair of blue jeans on, and she was like, and then she started giggling, and I'm looking at her, going, and my wife's right there, and I said, what's wrong with her? So she popped up, and she goes, I've never seen you in jeans. Well, if that's the worst thing, we're doing pretty good, you know? We're doing all right. There's nothing wrong with jeans, by the way, at least if they're on the guys. If you're going to have them, ladies, make sure it's a jean skirt. Thank you very much. Okay, that's all I'll say about that right now. Okay, so among whom also we all had our lifestyle or our style of living in times past, in the lusts of our flesh. What were we doing? We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know this world has, has studied and scientifically gone after the behavior, and, and it's all been about the body. But let me tell you, they're coming on strong about their studies about the mind. Okay? And they're going to they're gonna get all the rest of that pretty much figured out and close the volume on that, set it on a shelf, and they're going to deeper and deeper investigate the workings of the mind. And you better understand that they want to program you. They want to control you. The devil is behind every bit of it. This is his world down here. He's the small g god of this world. And he has infiltrated. He's been working ever since he come right through that serpent and messed up Eve and then got Adam. And I'm telling you what, from then on, he hasn't been, uh, and I'm not bragging on him, but I'm telling you, he's been going to and fro like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has been investigating and developing and researching and figuring out how we can get them to think like we want them to think and go where we want them to go and do what we want them to go. How we can get them on our side to be anti-God. Antichrist, to be against the right way. And listen, this is a, a salvation that will bring you at one with God. It is an atonement. It is an at-one-ment. He wants to bring you from a, a fleshly lifestyle through a born-again experience to make you at one with Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to talk with Him. It is written you ought to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that means you've got to die to your flesh. Every one of us. We've got to realize that, that we've got a battle on our hands. The biggest battle is the guy we, or woman we see in the mirror. And we're going to be tempted. We're going to be tried. We're going to be tested. And the enemy wants us to go in wrong directions and do wrong things. And we have to realize that it's our nature for the, to be the children of wrath. And we're trying to get here a new nature. To get born again of water and of the Spirit. We're going to have a new nature. All right? We're going to put off the old and put on the new. And not just in a generic sense, but in a very specific manner, in a very specific way. That the places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to do, don't do those things anymore. The way I used to think, don't think like that anymore. The way I used to speak, don't speak like that anymore. Things I listen to, I don't listen to those things anymore. I've had a nature change. Uh, I, I've uh, changed my, my appetite has been changed. My desires have been changed. I do not desire to be that way anymore. So don't, I don't want to put myself in a battle and create a battle. Didn't the writer say, if I build again those things which I once destroyed, I destroyed them through repentance. 
I knocked that down. I rooted that out of my system. I got rid of that. I had a, a, clean, a house cleaning. I had a closet cleaning. I absolutely got things worked out for the better here. And I don't want to uh, uh, get myself where I'm bringing all that back in again. I'm going to keep that out. Keep that out. All right. Now also in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 4, And I think we started here now, but he said, but you have not so learned Christ. So listen, he's, he's trying to tell you that if we back up, it's hard to break in on the Apostle Paul. He gets on a roll, you know. But he did say, speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, 4.15, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual or powerful working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And that is a mouthful. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. And what he's saying, he's really saying unbelievers walk in the vanity or the uselessness of their mind. The things they're thinking, the things they're doing, the things that they value, the things that they chase. He's saying it's worthless. It's of no value. None whatsoever. So listen. He says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated, locked out from the life of God through the ignorance, the lack of knowledge that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Everybody said amen. amen. All right now. And that blindness, you can pretty much associate that with a hardness of heart. Okay. Now, he said, who being past feeling. This is a very worrisome phrase here. Because you can keep on keeping on until that becomes. I don't hear it. It gets softer and softer and I can't hear it anymore. And, and can't feel it anymore. It's not, it's not uh, having the good effect that it has on me anymore. So we have to be cautious here. We have to ask God to help us over these places. That's why it's so nice when you come and you're just beginning in this, that you get this fresh experience and you keep it fresh. You keep it new and alive in your life. And, and every day we can renew. Every day we can renew. And you want to do that. You don't want to get mechanical. You don't want to get where I know how to do that. You know. And I can get them to believe what I won't believe. I know how I need to act. I know what they're looking for, so I'll just put on a certain style. Let me tell you, your imitation is not going to work. Your brand X is not going to work. Your little cheap uh, thing that you're putting out there, product, is not going to work. Okay? We're talking about, what did it say? A peculiar people. This is, this is a rarity. This is, this is antique. This is of great price and great value. This isn't going to take some brand X. It's not going to pass the test. You hear me? It's not going to be able to withstand the onslaught of what the enemy's going to bring against it. You've got to have the real goods. You've got to have the real thing. You've got to order things right. So if you, you, you want it right, you've got to order it right. You want it with ketchup and mustard, you better tell them that. Then you better check it. You better check the bag. Might not be a thing in the bag at all. Get home and go, where's my, where is my, 
is not there, right? Okay, well, I'm talking to you about ordering spiritually. If you're ordering your conversation, but you don't want to wind up with an empty bag one day and everything that's supposed to be in there that you think is in there is not in there. You want this fruit of the Spirit. You want this light and this understanding. So having the understanding, he said, darkened, being alienated or cut off from the life of God through the ignorance, through a lack of knowledge that is in them, he said, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Oh, brother, that's, that's some bad moral sin there. And to work all uncleanness with greediness. You just get so greedy for the wrong thing. So full, you know, greediness is usually associated with, with money. But it, 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 can be, it can be a broader application than that. You can, get, you can get greedy about a lot of things, okay? And remember, Jesus said a person's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that they possess. So you can start heaping all these worldly, natural things and have these desires, and, and you're feeling like you're all full of it. You're all full of yourself is what you're full of. But we want to be full of the Holy Ghost. That's what we want to be full of. I can't get myself anywhere when it comes to the spiritual realm. i got to be full of the Holy Ghost, full of my talent or my knowledge or my money or my looks or my this or my that. That's not going to get my feet off the ground in the first resurrection. You're going to find yourself, how did it say, lay aside every weight and the sin that surrounds us because those things are going to hold you down. Those things are going to keep you from going in that first resurrection. And, of course, he wants to get your mind so alienated that, you know, oh, that's a long way off. Well, you know, I'm going, I will preach to you that I don't believe things are a long way off, but I will tell you that there are some things that are still yet to be fulfilled, okay? And, and those things that are yet to be fulfilled before Jesus comes, there's not very many of those things yet. And it may seem like a long time to you. And as I tell people, uh, you better remember something, though. Well, while Jesus is not coming for the church just any second, he is quite capable of coming for you individually any second. Okay? You don't know what the next second holds. You don't know what the next day will hold. That's why the Bible said, go to ye that say, we're going to go here and do this, go there and do that. He said, you better say, the Lord willing. Lord willing, si Dios quiere. I don't know how to say it in French, sorry. But anyway, that's as far as I'll go with that. So listen, he said, when he ended up by saying to work all uncleanness with greediness, he said, but ye have not so learned Christ. This is not how the church does it, okay? You got to learn, slide over, Mark. You got to learn how the church does it, church family. Everybody said amen. amen. There's something, you know, and some of you, of course, are new here, and we're thrilled about that. But you've got to settle in, and you've got to learn, you've got to observe, you've got to pay a sit-up. I think we've been working on this the last couple of weeks. You've got to sit up, and you've got to pay attention. You don't come in and think you're going to change the church to you. Uh-uh. You change to the church. You, you're the one who's got to come in and say, God, I need what you've got, and I want this salvation. And when, you, when God is gracious and we baptize you because you repent, and then God gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you've got to get from Romans to Revelation. You've got to start staying saved. You've got to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to change your style. 
You got to get rid of that former conversation, that former lifestyle or style of life. We're not going to be that way anymore. No, one preacher said, he said when, when he came to the church, he said he looked like he fell in a toolbox because he had so many piercings in his body. And he worked at a tattoo parlor. So, you know, he was a regular roadmap to hell. What can I say? But he came into church. He got baptized in Jesus' name. And, and he got the Holy Ghost. And, you know, that former lifestyle went out the window. And he doesn't do that stuff anymore. He's got something so much better. He told about going to church and among the first time. And, and he said, he said, man, he said, it was so great. He said, I felt so good. And he said, I walked out of the church house. I said, well, I guess I'll go home and get high. He went home to get high, and he said, this stinks. He said he took all that and flushed it down the toilet. He said, what I got in the church house is way better. He said, I'm going to go back to church. <laughs> you better get it straight. You better get it straight. Get it right in your mind. Amen. You don't want to go back to the garbage hole. What does it say to the dog going back to the vomit? It's a nasty appetite. Wanting back, that old lifestyle, that old way of doing things. Throw everything away for what? That's ridiculous. So he's telling you, if so be that ye have heard him, so you claim you're hearing the word, and have been taught by him, the word of God, you're being taught. He said, as the truth is in Jesus. He said that you, if you're claiming all of that, he said that you put off concerning, whoop, I'm late, that you put off concerning the former conversation. You put that off. The old person, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And he said, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You got to get this mind that gets born again You've got to keep it renewed. There's one baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost, but there's many to be. There is to be many renewings if you're going to stay saved, if you're going to stay delivered, if you're not going to start backing up on this stuff. So it's a, it's a very nasty experience, and I have experienced it, when your, your shower or your tub backs up, you know, all that come, 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 right out into your, you know. It's nasty. It smells nasty. Well, you know, you better understand what I'm saying. That old lifestyle begins to just build up and build up and build up, and pretty soon it's, it's coming back through you. And there you are. You're smelling bad. You know, we had one kid one time, and he was sitting on the drums, and he was doing wrong stuff. Yeah, he was doing wrong stuff. He was, he was, in, he was doing wrong things with girls. And, uh, and then he wants to be up there on the drums. And so one, one, after, one evening service, he, uh, he's sitting up there, and we're getting ready to have church. And, and he, he said, man, he said, what's that terrible smell? Ooh. And he told him. He said the Lord spoke to him and said, that's your spirit that you're smelling. It's all that nastiness that's backing up. Things are stopped up. Things aren't flowing. 
You're not getting it renewed. You're not getting all that stuff washed out. You're not keeping it washed out. You know? So you better remember that sometimes it's not the other person. Sometimes it's not the preacher. Sometimes it just comes right back to you. Okay? And, and people are very quick to point the finger at somebody else. But remember, when you do that, you got these three coming right back at you. Okay? So don't be in too big of a hurry to see the other person's weaknesses or the other person's faults unless you're checking yourself in the mirror pretty good, you know? All right. So he said, you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, that which you were before you came in the church. He said, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And he said, you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. True holiness. He said, wherefore, putting away lying. Oh, man, I ought to preach on this for another hour, but I don't have time. Because you know lying isn't lying anymore, right? That's not lying. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Did you eat that cookie? No. 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 That's not lying. That's not lying. Did you cheat on that test? No, no way. I wouldn't do that. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. But in their mind, that's not lying. That's not lying. Oh, yeah. Any pastor look you right in the eyeball and ask you a question and just lie. I think in our generation, lying has a completely different definition than the one that's in the dictionary. You know? You know, in the dictionary where it not only says lying, but it says liar, and your picture is there. You know? This is what a liar looks like. Get up, little snapshot right there. You know? One of those DMV pictures, you know. They always come out bad. At the, or the hospital. Don't you love the hospital one? The guy with the uniform wants to take your picture and put it on your visitor thing, you know. And, and, and somehow those pictures always come out really looking bad. Oh. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I want, I want my spiritual picture to come out looking good. I want, I want this end picture and end result to come out right. And it's going to take some effort on our part. We're going to have to sit up. We're going to have to pay attention. We're going to have to, to tell ourselves that there's an effort that has to be put forth here. And there has to be a, a crushing of our own fleshly desires and our self-will. That we don't want to be that dog that goes trotting back to the vomit. And that becomes our meal. You know, we don't want that. We don't want to, to be involved with that kind of lifestyle. That's a former life. We put that off. So he said, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, Sister William, you better get ready, so I'll quit up here. Philippians 1.27. It's so important to get at one with God in the church. That word compatible, we want to build compatibility, okay? We don't want to be anti. We don't want to be anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-truth. We want to be in harmony, in rank, in step here. I want to learn how God does it. Now, I came into church, I didn't know anything. I never read the Bible. It was all new to me. I was wild and woolly. I was just terrible, and uh, I was rebellious. I was proud. 
I was an out-and-out jerk, you know. That's over 40 years ago. And, and you know, I sat down. I, I listened to what my pastor said. And I, I, I strived to, to position myself to where I could learn, want to learn. I've told you many times, I preached one time for him and one time among many, but he got me after that, and he said, now, Brother Feld, he said, I don't know what you believe about that verse. And I said, I believe whatever you believe. Whatever you believe, that's what I believe. I didn't want there to be any. Whew. That was a loaded beginning of that question. I don't know what you believe. Whew. I was about to have a heart attack right there. Well, he straightened me out on, and it was just a little tweak about what I had brought out in a, in a verse. And a whole big deal. And I could have got all offended. I could have been all big-headed and all bowed up, and I'm all this and I'm all that. You know? And you can go right to hell, too. You know? So you got to, you know, you got to, not only get delivered from rebellion, but you've got to keep rebellion down and out of here. You know? Because Paul did say, in my flesh dwells no good thing. So that old devil, he's just looking to get that all stirred up again, get us drawing from the wrong well, from the wrong things. And, and he wants to get all the former lifestyle coming back in our lives. Let me tell you how strong this can be. I, uh, before I came into church, I helped build and worked at a, um, what was called a, a boutique, and it was a, a clothing store based on the newest uh, styles that were coming out of England, and, um, you know, double-breasted knit suits and stuff, and shoes that had platform heels, and all these crazy styles that um, were, were just starting to come to the United States, and um, so, you know, you work there, you dress the part, and, and after a while, you become the part. And uh, so I got, but then I got baptized. I got the Holy Ghost. And uh, so I was just excited about going to church that Sunday morning. So I kicked my nicest suit out of the closet, threw it on, and double-breasted, English, nice leather suit, a nice um, knit suit. And um, I put on my shoes, which were red, white, and blue. When I came into church that morning, I went down the front aisle because I always sat on the front row, on the front seat. Boy, I came down there. And every head's just going. And, the, and every row I went, I was starting to walk a little slower. I was like, okay, something's not right. I, was, I suddenly was feeling my Chinese, something wrong. And so I, uh, I, uh, I had church that day, and I went home, and I said, honey, where's the black shoe polish? And, brother, I took that black, got rid of that red, white, and blue on those shoes. Man, I said, I, can't, I gave the suit away. Oh, I know Marvin wished he'd been there right about then. That was a nice suit. That was a nice suit. But I just said, you know what? I'm not going to be an exhibitionist anymore. That's gone, friend. That's gone. I'm not, I'm not, that's not the styling that I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn the Jesus style. I'm going to learn the Holy Ghost style. I'm going to learn, friend, you look at me, I want you to see the light. I want you to, to realize that I've gotten an experience and that the former lifestyle is gone and that there's a new person walking in these shoes and they're not red, white, and blue anymore. There's a new person. And that was for me. You know, you may have red, white, and blue shoes, and they're fine. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the lifestyle I live, the way I live. You know, those plastic pants and those rubber shirts and Buddha hanging around my neck. You know, that stuff went out. Uh, your day, it's CDs, 
I hope it's not DVDs. I hope they're gone. But anyway, some of your CDs. I, uh, mine, yours are about this big. Mine were about this big. They were called records. And uh, they played on a very ancient thing called a phonograph. And it had three speeds. And uh, so anyway, I, I remember. I had them all, friends. I had them all. Oh, brother, did I have them. So I took them. I found me a lake. I practiced my frisbees. Threw them all in the lake. Got rid of all of them. Gone. All that whirling music with all those worldly songs and, and all those phrases, you know, and, and promoting fleshly things, carnal things, hateful things, the spirits that went along with that. Got rid of it all. Got rid of it all. You ever read in uh, your Bible, the book of Acts, how that they got together and they built a bonfire, built out of books, and they torched it, burned them books. And there was a lot of stuff that, that they were reading about the occult, and uh, about arts and wizardry and things. You know, you, you know how many, I hope that you're getting delivered, if not already, you know, from Mr. Harry Potter. Hello. Okay. You know? And, and uh, don't forget the, the guys that want to bite you in the neck. And, and the world, people just get, they don't have anything. They're so empty. So that's why they got to chase and get taken in by every new thing that comes along. So now we got a generation of, of young men that want to be werewolves and vampires and have fangs. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you better wake up and tell yourself, that's not going to be for my child. But mommy, everybody, never mind, that's right, everybody, that's right. <laughs> and everybody needs to be born again because they're full of this stuff. And the devil's going to keep using every avenue and every channel that he can. How about that the devil will corrupt and sully and spoil and make wicked out of anything? Now, you don't believe that, do you? I ought to send one of the kids to my office. AJ is always dropping me off a car or a truck. Well, they can take a they can take a transformer, and you would think it would be perfectly harmless. But when they get done making a movie out of it, they got a whole lot of sex in it. So this is what our seven and eight and nine and ten year olds need, right? becomes less about that little transformer thing and becomes more about that real-life animated, I can't say young lady, can I? Female in it, you know. becomes more about that. But it's new. Well, it ain't new, honey. It's that same old devil. And it's the same old garbage. And it's out to destroy. So you better wake up. He said, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, whether I'm there or not, I may hear of your affairs that ye, you're talking about affairs, you're talking about your business. You're not talking about man being with another woman and another woman being unfaithful, her husband being with another man. I'm not 
the affair he's talking about. When he said the hair of your affairs, he's talking about your business. Okay? Thought we might want to make that clear. You know, this church is against adultery. This church that Jesus started is against fornication. This church that Jesus started is against sin. And those things are sin. Okay, just thought I'd make that clear. So he said, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in the spirit with one mind, striving. you got to work at this. Jesus prayed till he sweat. It's in your Bible. you got to put a little effort into this. That with one mind, striving together, a unity, for the faith of the gospel. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right, I'm finishing, or it's going to be Sunday night. All right, 3 and 20 of Philippians says, For our, everybody said my, for our conversation is in heaven. That's what my lifestyle is. Not. I don't want to be in hell. I don't want to be doing hellish things. I want, I want you know, my style, my Jesus style is a heavenly style, okay? So listen, he says, for our conversation or my conversation, my style of living, my lifestyle is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned. Oh, we want his style. We want his fashion. Like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to get a, you want, you want to get a lifestyle. You want to get a conversation. You want to get a style that is compatible with Jesus Christ. That he's not going to look on it and frown on it or get wrath towards it, angry with it, wroth. You don't, you don't want that. You want him to be pleased with what he sees and what you're doing. Okay? So this requires in us a change. We make a change for the good. We make a good repentance here. And once coming out of this former, what becomes our former lifestyle, that we don't cheat anymore. We don't, we don't steal anymore. We don't cuss anymore. We're not running around with different men or running around with different women. We're not unfaithful to our wives or our husbands. We're, we're not involved with the, the uh, continual perversions of this world. Every new kind of uh, gimmick or every new kind of invention that we're, is just another vehicle to bring wickedness and sin into your life and into your children's lives. We're not going to follow that. We're, we're going to say no to that. Just because it's new doesn't mean we're just going to jump in and do it. You know, Somebody needs to become... Sherlock Holmes or something, you know, and investigate some things and say, now, why would I want to get involved with this? Why would I, what spiritual value am I going to derive from this? How is this going to help me to have my lifestyle in heaven? I've got a citizenship here. I got, you know, that we've got a lot of people in America that would like to have a passport. We have a lot of people that would like to have a, a valid driver's license. They'd like to have this paperwork. Well, let me tell you, you want your papers to be in order for going to the other side. 
we're going to one day leave this country, this world, and we're going to go to the world to come, okay? And Jesus is telling you, the first order of business, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what's going to give you your initial paperwork, okay? And you're getting your passport then. You're getting your papers for the other side. And you've got to keep your papers in order. You've got to keep things updated. Okay? Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, let's stand together. A compatibility. I want to get compatible. I don't want there to be a big difference between the way the church does it and the way I'm doing it. Okay? I want to be striving. We should all be striving. Help me, Lord, to get in one accord with you. Okay? Get in one mind frame. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Let's take just this moment, lift our hearts with our hands. I thank you, Jesus Christ. I praise your great and mighty and holy name. I worship you, O Lord God. I thank you for the truth of the scripture. Thank you for the things that are right and clean and holy and honest. I praise and love you, Lord. I worship you, O God. I thank you. Let's worship the Lord. To be saved is more than just a prayer to pray, more than just a way. What does it mean to be his? Be more than a know that we have a purpose. To be salt and light in the world, in the world, to be salt and Let 
Praise the Lord, everyone. This time we want the ushers to get ready. Everyone say, God bless the offering in Jesus' name.